one-on-one, -on -one, this time live at TIFF 22 with director Tiare Pakahi and actors Cliff Curtis and Jay Ryan. Written and directed by Kahi, Muru tells the story of Taffy, a Maori police sergeant who spends his time in relative quiet. Unbeknownst to Taffy, trouble is brewing as the government has their area under surveillance for a potential terrorist threat. Led by Gallagher, the current focus of their investigation is Tama Iti, a Maori rights activist who yearns to help his people reclaim their identity. In this one-on-one, -on -one, we speak to Kahi, Curtis, and Ryan about the tension between protecting and service, and whether Gallagher is a villain. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome. Welcome to another Screenfish one-on-one. -on -one. I'm very excited to be here today with the cast and director of Muru, uh, here at Toronto International Film Festival, directed by Te Aripa Kahi. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and starring Cliff Curtis and Jay Ryan. Welcome to all of you. I'm so thankful for the chance to chat with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, man. Yeah. Well, the film is great. It's it is an incredible balance of intensity and drama. Like it's not just an act. You know, you, you think, well, it's not what film action film is just an action film. I don't want to belittle those, but there's so much more to this one. Um, and uh, Tayrippa, let's start with you. I was wondering, what is it that drew you to this particular story? Firstly, I'm Māori. I'm a Māori storyteller. In terms of our relationship as Indigenous storytellers with the government, uh, with power, it's a, it's a relationship of indifference. It's an, a relationship with a history. And, you know, what drew me to tell this story is a relationship with Tamaiti. And also, uh, you know, we're all wired this way where there's an opportunity for us to speak and demask power and speak up against injustice. Now, conversely, in terms of, you know, getting beyond just an action film or getting beyond just something that, um, that moves beyond the headline is that there's an opportunity here because we belong to these communities is to show us how we really are and that that's the big driver here is to take us all on this little bus school bus around this precarious dirt road track and deep inside the community where we can experience it cinematically on the big screen for the perhaps the first time yeah it's an incredible ride for you both um what excited you about the project uh i think there's a great storytelling opportunity there based on true events that can be uh, you know, extrapolated out into a cinematic experience. So just in terms of pure cinema, there's a great opportunity to like go into an exotic location with a, you know, into a, deep into a valley with a small community that the world's never met before, transported into this reality uh, in, in a cinematic way. So there's just a cinematic opportunity there. Just in terms of making movies and cinema, it's like it's a great opportunity. Tell a story. Uh, sort of inspired by true events which are very dramatic there's a very dramatic sort of like setup here the government you know looked and profiled you know and the police profiled this community as, as a sort of a terrorist threat domestic terrorists and they got it wrong you know so that's a great opportunity as a pure storytelling um, that that's an amazing opportunity for us is, uh, to uh, you know be storytellers create some cinema and uh, and speak uh, truth to power as well, 
And the great thing is our government agencies and government are supporting us and helping us to tell the story too. So that's a healthy thing, I think, when a government, when a country, when a nation can sort of examine themselves through cinema, through storytelling and, and, uh, and hit on truth through poetry and cinema. It's great. Uh, yeah, for me, many things. Um, you know, the opportunity to work with uh, Cliff and Siaripa and also Tami, all iconic New Zealand talents. Um, so yeah, and to tell a story that reframes the narrative which so many New Zealanders have been led down a kind of a media wash of when this raid happened in 2007. We were really pummeled with headlines which people still believe to this day. So to help change that narrative is um, the most compelling part of being part of this project, I would say. Um, but yeah, when you say you want to do a movie with Cliff Curtis, you, you don't get that opportunity often, so here we are. Yeah, good. Yeah, and humanize, humanize the narrative. You know, meet the people, meet the humans behind uh, what go, what hits the media, and sort of, yeah, tell a human story. Well, and and you know, that's thanks, brother. Cheers, my bro. And we have a we have a long history. We're going back decades. You know, short films and you know and you know right from the get-go right so this is the the fulfillment of of a dream a possibility which we were handed to by other storytellers that came before us uh, we worked on a we worked on a, um, a documentary about Medita indigenous storytellers here in, in in Canada and and so this is a the, the fulfillment of, of that potential and it's a, it's a long journey for us to get a storyteller so it's great yeah I love uh, I love the films the way that it frames itself in the opening. And I wanted to hear from you, Taylor, but can you talk about the difference between a recreation and a response? Because that's that's a really interesting dichotomy to drop just in you know the opening scroll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I cracked the code. It didn't come easy. <laughs> yeah. You write that was a book sly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bloody Sunday is an incredible film. You know, that's an incredible film and that is, you know, that's the closest in terms of recreation. Um, we had an opportunity to do that until I was directed to the truth that has also been elusive and kept from us, which is the government didn't just raid Tuhoi on October 15th, 2007. It also happened in 1916. And this, really that conversation, that realization of the full story is a, a, what allowed us to breathe and start to thread and weave elements beyond a single day. And to put it into that cultural context, we're living memory for Tuhoi. You know, we're talking about embalmed memory. We're talking about not a film set, we're talking about a living, breathing, beautiful, strong community and tribe. Mm. And every, all of these aspects are kept alive. And so that, the living aspects of all of of the breakdown of relationship is also what helped dictate us and drive us towards a response as opposed to a recreation. Sorry. Spielberg's calling. <laughs> hey Steve. Oh yes, I'm available. <laughs> Wait a minute, buddy. You're talking about Spielberg. Yeah, <laughs> we just, That's incredible. We're, in, a, we're, we're in Toronto right now. <laughs> oh, you're here? <laughs> Catch you later, buddy. Gotta go. We'll call you back. I appreciate that. Oh man, such an honor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
That was actually more importantly, that was his wife, yeah. who is our producer. Who is our producer, Reikura Kahi, yeah. uh, Morgan, <laughs> Reikura Morgan Kahi, who uh, who produced this film. I mean, what a what a power couple. Not many husbands and wives can get through marriage and make life it. together, alone, let alone <laughs> making yes, movies yes, make it. together. As crazy speak. Um, absolutely, uh, Cliff. I was wondering. From your from your, I want to talk a little bit about Taffy. Taffy. Taffy yeah, is yeah. such a fascinating character, isn't he? He really is. Yeah. Caught between two worlds. Yeah. And, and I was just wondering, from your perspective, you know, what what is his strongest motivation? Because he's he's torn between family, his and badge, his and his wearing badge. his badge, yeah. wearing wearing the color blue, which in our country means you're a cop, a police officer, a man of the law representing the government and like you know it's a it's a vocation mm -hmm. this is a valley which has got many complex interconnected tribal um uh families right mm -hmm. and uh he's one of them and he's decided to represent the law in this valley with this deep uh this deep history with the government and he stands alone it's like one cop um, in you know in reality actually it's really literally just one local cop in our movie, there's a couple more in there. Um, to sort of but there was just one in real life. In real life, there was one dude in a wow. station with his wife and his kids. <laughs> I, I interviewed them. Um, the next cop station was like over in the next town in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And then another one a little bit further away. So it could sort of stack up in that way, right? But they have to run the region. Um, you know, and Tarab actually articulated this, this answer really well earlier today. And it's really you know, my vocation, my career, my identity as a cop, or Taffy's, he has to choose. He's forced to choose sides. The government draws the line in the sand and says, which side of the line are you on? Are you with us? Or are you with them? And the them is his family. So he's forced to choose between his, his government and his family. I mean, what would you decide? What would you choose? And that's the dichotomy, um, and that's the movie uh, in terms of from my character's point of view. Yeah, it is a, a fascinating tension. It's really interesting. And I mean, Jay, is Gallagher is your character, all right? Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Good job. Is Gallagher a villain? Uh, no. I mean, I think Gallagher is a bit of a displaced human being, and um, he's put up into the mantle of leadership. Um, and he goes in blind into this community thinking it's just going to be another day um, serving you know the people but I think his moral compass is very quickly turned on its head and uh, he, he has a lot of decisions to make and he quite often makes the wrong ones but you know he's trying to do his best I think by the end of the film he knows which way is up and which way is down mm. Um, and hopefully, going into the future, he won't make the same mistakes again. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's very driven. Yeah, very, very driven by what yeah. he's been told. What he's been told. What yeah. he's been yeah. told, and the pressure of his com comrades. You know, his other members of the of this STG Black Ops group. He's he's working with. Uh, there's a lot of pressure, you know, going on around him, and, and he doesn't understand a lot of of the bigger picture. Um, so that journey was pretty cool to, to sort of carve out with Tiaripa and um, Cliff 
um, but also just when you're when you're in it and you're filming in this real community of Tuhoi where this actually took place I mean all of that energy is still there in a way um, and so it's yeah it's just letting it all wash over you and um, hopefully helping change that narrative I, I wondered what that was like with working, developing the film and shooting it in this area. The idea of, of bringing this to life with people. This this was 15 years ago. Yeah. This is fresh. Mm. Um, what sort of response were you getting from the community in telling the story? And and what was it like to well, relive it in some ways? It was awesome. I mean, it was great. <laughs> I mean, like, it was awesome. It was an awesome opportunity. Yeah. It was emotional, sure. There's a huge sense of responsibility to these people whose lives have were, you know, irrevocably changed from the early 1900s forward coming yeah. to the modern day. But what an opportunity, what an honor, you know. And, and, and if they, because here's the thing, the government was embarrassed into an apology in, in real life. They had to apologize to these people. Years they had to apologize to our nation that they made a mistake, right? They made a mistake. Here's the thing. Those people are still there. And that we came back to them 15 years later and say, this is worthy of telling your story cinematically um, and doing our best to honor that. I think that's great because otherwise it would just sort of like, perhaps sort of Seep away. just fade from people's memory, memories. And then we, this is where the, the movie that we've made, the story that we're telling, is allegorical. Is that it's recognizing there's a pattern of behavior here at a systemic level within our society and many societies, right? And so the opportunity in terms of storytelling is saying, here's a pattern of behavior. The allegory says, is if we forget this story too easily, because somebody said sorry and we accepted the apology, this could too easily happen again. And it could look a lot like this. And that's the allegorical part of the action thriller movie that we made. Is it do doing, you know, and I think, I, I feel like that's the value that we, that, we, that we are offering back to those people. Is that, that um, we can tell the story, we can revisit the pain of it. We can also, uh, my other favorite thing about the movie is actually the name of the movie, which is Muru, which, uh, you know, our writer director here came up with. Muru, I translate it. It's got a number of different meanings, but I translate it as meaning forgive. Um, so yeah, and that's I think uh, it doesn't say forgive and forget. It just says forgive, um, and and I think that that hopefully there's some healing to be found in it. Yeah, you know, to that point and to your first question as well, the this is not a depiction of an historically accurate depiction of what happened on the one day. This is an artistic and cultural attempt to ensure that one day never happens again. Right. And that's why I chose response. And that's why it's much bigger than one day. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, wanted, I love the title. I was going back to the title. I love the fact that I, you know, I, didn't, I have read that it means for you. That's an incredible, that is an incredible statement to put on a film that it is, ex is, is telling a story of such hurt. Um, because you would expect, 
not giving any spoilers, but you would expect that a, with a title like that, there'd be this this grand moment at the film's finale, you know, of, of letting go. But there isn't. But that. But this is why the title, the film, has been framed so so uniquely uh, to me. So so my question is is why why choose forgive and what does hope look like for this community moving forward? We really wanted this film to activate the questions and the conversation around those two mm. uh, questions that you've just posed. Two who have endured more than anybody in Aotearoa. They have endured more than anybody. And because of that endurance, you look at the, them now, their culture, their traditions, their language is intact. They are thriving, even though they have endured this level of behavior and action of indifference by the government. And it's a statement for them, really. It's really about their true character. Even though they have been made to endure this, even though they have suffered, this is their, this is their word, this is their action. So that, that's, that's really the why, and we really hope that, you know, you come to the film, it defies your expectations, you think it's like this, and then it changes and shifts beyond you, and then you're left with that ending and I hope that all these questions and conversations really spark up because what we do now after the film is the most important part. Yeah, I, th I think as artists, as craftspeople, as storytellers, you know, um, I, think, I think we have a unique opportunity, uh, you know, to not be didactic. Yeah. We're not here to tell people what to think. <laughs> We're not here to tell people, like, um, what to do or, you know, we're here to offer a possibility, to ponder possibilities, to, to raise questions, that's, that's the, or to, to, to get people to activate people's feelings and thoughts around this. And the response to the movie has been phenomenal, yeah. consistently, critically, you know, uh, anecdotally, like people are moved emotionally and they're activated to consider uh, their own truth and how they relate to their own lives. So I think that's kind of the highest sort of for me artistic pursuit is to offer that as a storyteller to the audience. Uh, ours is not to tell them what to think or what to feel or what to do. Oh no, 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 no. That's someone else's job. As artists we offer possibilities. It's up to the audience to decide for themselves what they want to think and what they want to feel and what they want to do with their feelings post the movie. Uh, absolutely. I mean, this, is, this certainly conversations have to, you would hope, I say have to, nothing has to, but you would hope conversations would spark. Yeah. And it, they are, they yeah. are. I mean, even by the quality of the interview today, um, yeah. your questions oh, are... Oh, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pointing at me. Yeah, your own questions are, are, a, res are a response to, to the work that you've seen. So, yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. it, it it's amazing. Just, um, as... No one's gone, so I don't know if we're running out of time. You guys are probably tired. <laughs> um, it, just as we're starting to run, to wrap up, though, um, when I saw the film, one of the key words that jumps out of me is the word acceptance. But I feel like that word could be used about five different ways within this film, whether it's uh, of each other, but more than that, one acceptance of oneself, one's story. Um, I was just wondering uh, for you all, 
what that word means to you when you think of the film? Acceptance. Acceptance. Where's that from, bro? Acceptance. No, here. This is what a word that's Am come up for him. No. <laughs> I mean, from a Pakeha point of view, European point of view, I'm not indigenous. Acceptance for you know the European side of New Zealand to accept that this did happen, mm. and uh, and you know and reframe their idea of why it happened, and um, and yeah, and how it's affected these people. I mean, my family have seen the film, and they you know obviously just believed what the media kind of spurted out in, in 2007. So. For them to come to me and say, oh, we get it now, we get why you did this film, we understand the point of view of Tuhoi and uh, what they went through, and that they were painted in a, a bad light to fit the narrative of the crown, um, that was my idea of acceptance and why I wanted to do this film. You got a, you got a one for you? Jump in there, bro? Okay, acceptance. From a human point of view, I think there's only one thing. Especially if you want to understand the other word, muru, which is to forgive. You cannot get to forgiveness without accepting one thing. What is it we all have to accept as, 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 as human beings in order to get to forgiveness? Responsibility. Mm -hmm. There's one level of acceptance we all have to take in order to be able to forgive. Is we, have to, we have to accept responsibility for our part in the actions of, of anything that goes down. It's probably one of the toughest human lessons we could ever consider in our, in our lives as individuals, as communities, as, as institutions, as governments. Accept responsibility for the impacts of your actions intended or unintended on others. Whether it be on a single day or whether that impact be multi-generational. And accept responsibility that the only way that we can get out of whether we are the victims of these things or whether the impact is negative we have to accept that we actually are powerful enough to tell our own story to the world to ourselves to forgive ourselves ourselves to forgive ourselves and we just like okay, we can get past and to accept the truth that we can get past this that we do not stay stuck in other people's perspectives about us as individuals as communities as families and we can accept that we have enough power in life to move beyond these things. That's what acceptance means to me. Absolutely. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. Sure. Here, here, bro. Awesome. Yeah, Peace! Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Pleasure. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you.